0: The Inflation Reduction Act of 2022, which was signed by President Biden in August, includes several provisions to lower prescription drug costs, including letting Medicare negotiate drug prices for the first time. What are the provisions? How will it impact healthcare? And why is big pharma pushing back? Welcome to Care Talk, America's home for incisive debate about healthcare business and policy. I'm David Williams, president of Health Business Group. And I'm John Driscoll, the president of
1: Walgreens Healthcare, think about that, David. Walgreens Healthcare, but you know what's in this inflation reduction? Like, I, I you know, I'm, 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 this drug thing, I think, is a big deal. It lets Medicare actually negotiate. But I'm shocked to hear that Big Pharma may have a problem with
0: someone negotiating their drug prices. Shock, horror, surprise. John, the shock, you know, it's like, it's, it's shock and horror. It's getting toward uh, Halloween. So maybe that's what it has to do with. But, you know, the Inflation Reduction Act, it's been pegged as the first big loss for big pharma in 50 years. So I don't think you can expect the industry just to lie down and go to sleep. I actually think that the, uh, I don't can we call it IRA? IRA? No, no, no. Please God, yeah. no, not another acronym. The act is going to be helpful if modest break on runaway drug costs, but nothing is specific. Nothing is certain, John. I would say let's dig into the specifics. Well, what's in the Inflation
1: Reduction Act? Could you? I need some help explaining the prescription drug provisions of this uh, this 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 inflation reducer.
0: Well, John, you know it's good. The first step is actually admitting that you need help, so I think that's good. You know, this Inflation Reduction Act is a scaled down version of the so called Build Back better, bigger, et cetera, which the Biden administration was, you know, was not nowhere. Yeah. You know, they couldn't pass build back better bubble three Ds. So uh, they passed this one and it has climate change and energy programs. And then it ended up having quite a lot of healthcare in it as well. We're going to focus on
1: that, but how does this act, this inflation reduction
0: act actually reduce healthcare costs? So there's a few things it does, John. So one is that there's premium subsidies for Obamacare because those were going to mm-hmm. go away. So, you know, those that are on the exchanges get, uh, they get a continuation of the subsidies. And then there's a bunch of drug provisions, John. So for Part D, uh, the out-of-pocket expenses are now capped at $2,000 a year for but, but Medicare part, beneficiaries.
1: Part D would be the Medicare Part D benefit that Medicare beneficiaries, those who are over 65 get. You know, you got, you, you healthcare wonks just live in acronyms and phrases. Some of the rest of us, you need to
0: slow down and explain it, David. <laughs> John, it takes one to know one. So I'll just say that. So how about insulin? That's not an acronym. So insulin for those on traditional Medicare is going to be capped at $35 a month. Now it also means that. Massive in fact,
1: win. Massive a, win! Big like, win like, John. Check, 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 check. I mean, yeah, we have, a, we, have a, we have an obesity epidemic. Diabetes is affecting uh, a, an increasing number of, of 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 people who are young and old. Uh, there are a number of people who can't afford their insulin that can put them in a diabetic shock. And there's no reason it, prices have should have been going up in this basic commodity. Yeah, uh, I, I think that's a big win, David. It why is a big why one, are you now, smiling? Hold
0: on, I'm I'm smiling, John. Why is that man smiling? Well. Because there's a few more provisions, John, that I I like, and I know know you're going to like them if you haven't read about them. So one is that manufacturers have to provide rebates if they increase the prices faster than the rate of inflation, which they've been known to do. Even at the current rate of inflation, John, as you were pointing out before, uh, they're raising prices faster than that. But just just to give people a sense of how bad it is, even before –
1: before the before everybody else was inflating prices, 2021 to 2022 in you know, a in a study of 1216 drugs last year that that year the average inflation was about 8.1 percent which is which is you know kind of a lot That's relative a to what we've done historically the drug cost I mean David, 31 percent plus during that same time period
0: Pharma likes to increase prices. Get them all outside. Listen, John, if it's good at $1,000, it should be good at $1,300 as well. I think that's the thinking. But now here, John, here's the big one that the Inflation Reduction Act does. It It allows direct price negotiations for certain medications. That's going to be 10 medications starting in 2026, 15 more in 2027, 15 more in 2028, and 20 more in 2029. But David, David, there are thousands of drugs out there
1: why is this in any way meaningful? And and what is it really going to affect? Because my understanding is it actually doesn't affect that many drug
0: categories. Can can you explain why this is important? So John, first of all, I think it's a well-targeted piece of legislation, which is why the so-called first loss in 50 years has occurred. There's some real sensible parts in it that, that take care of the common arguments against it. So what does the drug have to be in order to be negotiated? Well. It's got to have no generic or biosimilar. So it has a monopoly to be on the market for already nine years. If it's a regular, like a pill and 13, just just slow, 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 slow slow down. Captain
1: that the generics and biosimilars are those drugs that, that where there's actually competition in a category of drugs that are post patent, because remember, David, you're kind of understating the fat profits that pharma can charge appropriately when they create a new drug or compound. But in many of those categories, generics, which are simple chemical compounds like a pill, uh, you get to compete, or biosimilars, which are typically infusible drugs that are, that are these kind of remarkable things like immunotherapy. But there are even in those categories of, of, of novel revolutionary drugs, biosimilars. And so we're we're only, I mean, what you're saying is we're only talking about negotiating prices where there is no possibility of a competitor in a category after they've gotten through the patent protected profits, say that five
0: times quickly. Please. Yeah, I'll try not to. This sounds like the and, PPP, John. That's something else from last year's uh, legislation. But John- But this is just, I'm just trying to help you here, Dave. Yeah, I listen, I, I'll take any help I can get, especially after you hit me with a 31% price increase. But the, so the products already, they're only going to affect things that have been on the market for long enough that they should have a competitor and they don't, right? So it's been on the market for more than nine years, if it's a pill or 13 years, if it's an infusion. Also, it's not for, this doesn't count uh, any orphan drugs. So that's for like small what, populations. What's, uh,
1: is, uh, you mean those drugs that that, that, that don't have parents?
0: <laughs> drugs that not only they're so expensive, John, that they, they sold their parents as well. That's how <laughs> much, no, they, uh, it's got to be a drug, you know, an orphan drug is for, a drug for an orphan condition, which is a, a condition that affects only a small number of people. And the idea is there's extra protections, uh, extra incentives for the pharmaceutical industry, to avoid competition so that they will produce Be- Because drugs there are these p- for the,
1: for the orphan drug categories, they're often rare or limited population clinical diagnoses that, that, that you really do need to protect the ability to innovate for those rare conditions where, again, there are some remarkable drugs being developed. So those are also out. So pharma gets to price those at whatever it thinks is a fair price and there's no ability to negotiate. So what are we really talking about here, Dave? And why is pharma kinda all got its got its uh, knickers in a in a twist on this
0: one? <laughs> well John, another the last criterion is that it is they are supposed to be like drugs where there's a lot of spending. Okay. So by definition that's a lot of money. So you're you know you're goring the big oxen in order to get at it. So but I have to say, John, okay, it's a reasonable question. It sounds like a fairly balanced plan, right? Something I would probably vote for. And so why is Pharma upset about it at the end of well, the day? I thought
1: part? we could negotiate prices for oxen. in the yeah. uh, but, but uh, sorry um, let's 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 I, I think it would be helpful for you to give us a sense of context like what is I mean my understanding is that the the federal government is expecting to save about 6 6ish billion dollars a year over the next decade uh, which doesn't does sounds like a lot of money but I think whether the, the, the drug spend even this year, David is closer to 370 billion. Yeah. So a $6 billion discount on close to $400 billion worth of spend doesn't sound like something that, that big companies would really be worried about. What's, yeah. what's, what's, what's causing all the kerfuffle in yeah. the, in the, in the boardrooms of the, of the highly profitable Pharma companies. What's, John, what's I going ask on you. here? Because there's got to be they got to be upset about something. Reasonable. I, w-
0: I won't ask you to say kerfuffle too many times, John, because I'm afraid it might blend off into some weird word. But I think there's a couple of things. You know, first of all, they don't like the idea. If this is a is a precedent, so it's going to actually affect. You know, going to set out the fact that there could be negotiation, price negotiation, which hasn't occurred before. The claim, of course, is that it's going to reduce innovation. Well, it is, but David, just just the president
1: is Biden. And there, this is going to be. We are going to be negotiating drug prices. Yeah, I mean, this is that they are actually. You just said they're going to negotiate. I think nine in the first year. Yeah, and 10, it goes yeah. up, up for a bit. So we actually are negotiating. But, but right. that, again, it's a it's a relatively small number of drugs. What are they? What could be the downside here of of uh, of us changing the our category from the only government in the world that doesn't negotiate drug prices? To one that
0: negotiates itsy bitsy part of the total amount, like what's like. Well, what's I think the it's, downside. I think I think it's good policy, John. But you 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 changed the question on me. You wanted to know why farmers upset. Yeah, about I did. It. I did. Yeah, because yeah. yeah. you, you were kind of rolling. You were kind of rolling. off the table. Fine. Yeah. Okay. So even after the law is passed, uh, at least until the Supreme Court decides otherwise, the there's still some uh, some power in the rulemaking. So how is the law actually applied? So. You know, maybe the next Congress would uh, repeal the law, so the lobbies could be going after that. Probably not, because you know they would need to have precedent. Biden, you know, would have to they, they could they'd have to override his veto, which is unlikely. Um, but on the rulemaking side, you know, they're trying to do some things at the edges. So they say, well, maybe nine years. You know, let's let's make it let's let's throw an extra leap year in there or something like that. You know, <laughs> let's change the definition of a of a year. Let's have some more exemptions for companies that for just having one drug. I mean, you could imagine, John, if you had a an innovative company, you got one drug on the market and boom, that's the drug that's being negotiated. Then it is a big deal. It's not just the 6 billion, it's your 6 billion. Uh, So they're trying to do that more exemptions for drugs, you know, that have rare diseases. So it's trying to like water it down uh, as much as possible. And the lobbyists, John, have to show they're getting something, right? You don't go around with your crocodile skin, uh, loafers or whatever they wear, uh, these days on K Street and say, Hey, you know what? Sorry fellas, but I want to be paid anyway, even though uh, I didn't accomplish anything. You're
1: making them sound like they dress like the Flintstones. <laughs> <laughs> Animal skins and alligator shoes. So, so, but David, uh, as a practical matter, the United States is the innovation capital of pharma. Around the world, we create the drugs that everybody else actually negotiates and uses. Yeah, it's remarkable. Some of it's remarkable. The 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 the, what's on the horizon, whether it's turning cancer into a chronic condition, extending the life of 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 of, families who suffer from CF of CF kids into adulthood, and 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 it's just remarkable what's going on. Do you think this is going to pop that? balloon of innovation that we've had. I mean, what do you think the practical implications of this are?
0: John, I think there is a question about whether pharma is being short-sighted, you know, whether this is like worth the effort, because you think about it, well, you know, you don't want to like, you know, when you talk about a large number, $400 or whatever drug spend now going up at 10 or more percent a year, you know, eventually the customer stops being able to afford it. And it also bring up the question about, you know, well, if innovation is threatened by these price controls... I mean, or is it really just addressing pharma price gouging? Because these prices, you know, we're still probably going to be paying the highest prices in the world. So how yeah. is it that the prices that we negotiate, because the, the way there's some uh, criteria for how you actually negotiate it, there's some guidelines, they're still going to be high. Well, if those prices are unacceptable, but they're still higher than what the companies are accepting from other governments around the world. I mean, what, that, what does that say? That's kind of undermining your own argument. Our prices aren't high enough, but lower prices are good enough just because they're somewhere else.
1: You know, I think, I think the reality, David, is for any of these policies about complicated economic issues, uh, you have to start somewhere. And there could be some downsides to innovation. There could be some downsides for drugs that need to come to market that people may not want to fund because they'll see this as a potential target. You know, as you, to your point, the drugs that are going to be affected are, are large, large market drugs. There's usually a long tail to these innovative drugs. But gosh, given the fact that we pay more than anyone else in the world in a system, that is the most expensive in the world with weak outcomes. I, I agree with you. This is this is this is a carefully crafted policy that balances, I think, the needs to protect some of that, a lot of that, most of the vast majority of the innovation while starting to just maybe maybe take sort of cut the top off of the inflationary pressures. And because it builds over time, it is, you know, nine drugs in the first year and then building up over over the years, I think it's going to create an opportunity for pharma to actually adapt. But uh, you'll you'll have to uh, you'll 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 have to keep us in the loop, David, because you've got all these friends in big pharma.
0: John, I'm going to have to do that. You know, friends in high and low places. So let's let's think of a last question, John, because we seem to be agreeing more than usual, which which makes me very disagreeable, by the way, to hear yes, you here agreeing, agreeing with one another. So, uh, how much of an impact do you think this Inflation Reduction Act will have? on the pharma industry, big, medium, or small? Well, I think think that the, the, if the,
1: and your point, rulemaking can affect this. If the policy works as indicated, I think it changes the culture of the way pharma and the United States government react. And I think it will, because it'll change the conversation from how much can we charge to what's the appropriate price that where there's actually a value proposition that makes sense. And maybe we don't become the biggest inflationary uh, um, uh, cost in the U.S. healthcare system. So I think it'll change the culture of the way, hopefully, pharma prices and brings drugs to market. Right? So I, I'm, I'm actually modestly hopeful, less about the specific drugs, because we're, you know, we're only talking about $10 billion a year over close to $400 billion to spend. Ah, uh, but more that the 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 way the market's going to work will adapt to one where we we get we get more value
0: for what we're paying for. But what do you think? John, I think the this act overall is probably a positive for pharma because uh, it makes it increases affordability for the end customer uh, by having these caps for uh, out- of pocket spend. And the other thing it does is it, you know, it does get us into a place where they can't just dictate the prices, which I think that's got to happen anyway. And it takes us down more a path of guidelines and negotiation rather than international reference based pricing, basically, you know, taking whatever the lowest price is somewhere else and having that. That's kind of where the previous administration wanted to head. So I think if we look at it from those standpoint, pharma should be happy about it and they should tell the lobbyists to take the rest of the year off. Well, that's it for yet another edition of Care Talk. Today, we've been talking about the Inflation Reduction Act and will it really cut drug prices? I'm David Williams, president of Health Business Group. And I'm John
1: Driscoll, the president of Walgreens Health. If you liked what you heard or you didn't, please subscribe on your favorite service.